You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous, the podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. I'm your host, Ebony Vines. And I'm your host, Pamela Shandro. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Thank you. This meeting is being recorded. Is what the lady said to us when we turned it on. I can't hear her anymore. Oh, it's such a I shame. don't know if it's like the, if I turned it off somewhere where like the host doesn't hear this meeting yeah. is being recorded. Cause I don't hear the very aggressive thing, but I pause cause I'm like, yeah. I, I know everyone else can hear it. It's not as if she's being aggressive. She's just very loud. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, this meeting is being recorded. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Thanks. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> okay, I got it. It's very nice of you to tell me. <laughs> Let's take, take it down a notch a little. <laughs> I know. Oh, so uh, welcome. <laughs> What's up, theater geeks? What is up? I forgot that we were actually doing a show now. <laughs> right, because we've been talking so long. We've been talking about dogs. Dogs. And what a wonderful neighborhood we live in. Oh, truly. Yeah. I'm not going to go into huge detail because it was fairly traumatic. But what we were discussing was the fact that I was responsible for one of the dogs that I boarded to get loose. And she is safe and sound and is now back with her owners. But at the time, the, there was like a good hour of time where I was just running the streets of Astoria and talking to random people about whether or not they saw a little brown dog running this way. And I could not have felt more community in those moments than I did. Everyone was very supportive, even in their inability to help me. Yeah. So it was, it was traumatic. I'm still a little emotional about it. <laughs> Shout out to but, George of oh Astoria. Yes, George. Okay. So as I'm running, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say I ran and power walked about two and a half miles to Northern Boulevard from yeah. where my house is, and then two and a half miles back. It's well, two out. Let's say two miles. Let's say conservatively two miles mm -hmm. there and back. And all the while, this man, George, who saw I was in distress, decided he was going to pace me. So he was with me that entire time, 
talking to strangers looking for this little brown dog. So thank you, George. I don't need, I don't think you even listen to this, but if you do, this is Pamela. <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> the best. Yeah. The best. Yeah. So this is going to be, what do we call this? The George Memorial episode. <laughs> <laughs> the, the gr- gratitude, George gratitude episode. episode yeah. In, in honor of an historian who helped out when they didn't even know <laughs> the person. No, they, they didn't. And he said to me, like, this is what I love. He goes, oh, my, I'm missing my daughter's dance recital. And I went, oh, no. And he goes, oh, no, no. Like, I made the decision. This was much more important. You looked like you're in real distress. <laughs> I was like, George. I know. So, and Getting also thank you to his daughter. Ground. Very, very special. special. Jewel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was good. It was good. I was, I felt, I, I felt the support even in the midst of desperation and chaos and panic, a little bit of panic. Yeah. But I, as, as the owner said, all's well that ends well. So bless them. <laughs> no kidding. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's what we were talking about before. So that had, that had a lot of ups and downs. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> A lot of ups and downs, which leads us into this week's uh, podcast, because I tell you what, Hmm. um, being in a personal ad, I'm sure trying to date has, has its own ups and downs, just as wild (laughs) and crazy as if you lost a small dog. (laughs) That's a very good segue. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) So the name of the show is? personals personals oh I can't wait I have not like we picked a couple of shows that I don't even think we really did any research on when we were looking at picking the next titles so I don't know anything about this I'm very excited to hear yeah but our our research goes to uh usually was a show on Broadway yeah in this case um sometimes we pick shows that didn't make it yeah that maybe wanted to but didn't get there or we did a West End show once. Uh, actually, I think we've done a two West End shows. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucky Stiff was just off Broadway. So yeah, yeah we are widening our parameters. Mm-hmm. But they definitely and, all were considered flops to right. some extent. And and the fun thing is, this is uh, since we just did, we just recorded Lucky Stiff and yeah. that just made it off Broadway. We're following it up with another show that only made it off Broadway. And that's okay. Personals. Nice. That's the story of personal. So friends, um, I, first of all, I just want to talk about my resources. Cause we always like to do that. Yep. Jrecords.com was like a major resource for this. Nice. Wikipedia as always, uh, the Frank rich New York times review was a major help. And also, uh, the websites, this is theater.com and Steven Great. What Steven Schwartz wrote this? Oh, okay. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm my interest is piqued. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is like this is like a who's who of famous writers from all over the place. Okay. It's it's kind of wild. Okay. So <laughs> personals is exactly what I said, right? It is a musical about like it's a musical taken from personal ads. So like back in the day, friends, before you had Bumble and Coffee Meets Bagel 
and whatever the heck else is out there. I don't know. Cause I don't Hinge do and Tinder. I think are two popular ones. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that in real life either, but those are the ones I've heard. <laughs> yes. Yes. Those are also, that's correct. Um, there were things in newspapers that we called personal ads. Okay. And so therefore you would go to a newspaper, like your local newspaper, and there would be, it was like near the classifieds section, I believe. Yeah. Again, I was actually too young to be dating when this was happening. So like, <laughs> I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it was probably near the classifieds ad. Yeah. Like all of those ads were kind of in the same place at the back right. of the newspaper. I would always look for like pets that were that were being sold or given away for free yes. even though my parents would never have agreed to it yeah but I would look I in that there section for, for those two yeah. yeah for dogs <laughs> yeah. I only cared about like the pet section so she's correct. I do remember yeah. doing that I remember doing that also there was just like a newspaper another like little booklet newspaper that had the penny saver yeah it was a yeah. penny saver the penny saver also had a bunch of pets in mm-hmm. it yeah, and that was the one I looked in the most. I would look in the penny saver to see where the pets were. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so there was there was personal ads. And so if you all have ever seen one of my favorite Christmas movies to watch every year is The Shop Around the Corner. Oh. And it's the Jimmy Stewart version. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen it, Ebony. It's, be very it's fun Christmas because party. you've got Jimmy Stewart, right? But then yeah. also the wizard is the shop <laughs> owner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. so fun. It's great. <laughs> and it is the source material for She Loves Me. Oh, okay. I think yeah. I knew that. And this, the title sounded familiar. I just couldn't place it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perfect. Yep. So um, in that, like the beginning of that, that movie is based on the fact that um, George actually, like he, finds a personal ad or no, he placed a personal ad about wanting to correspond with somebody who likes um, uh, poetry and um, literature, right? So, and that's how he meets his pen pal. And y'all, if y'all know she loves me, then you know who his pen pal is, but he didn't know the whole time who his pen pal was, right? So this is like similar, like people would be like, you know, male, age, whatever. And then you would say things like I'm, uh, you know, people would lie just like they do now on, <laughs> on the apps, right? They lie and say, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. Are you, I mean, some of you are, <laughs> but some of you are just not working, right? You know, you're just not working. And, uh, you're trying to find a sugar mama or a sugar daddy. That's what you're actually doing. Yep. If we're honest, but some people actually are. And then they would be like, well-dressed, you know, and then you, and then, you know, uh, you have, you put up an old picture of you like 40 to 50 pounds lighter, (laughs) you know, uh, in some cases I've heard a hundred pounds lighter. Okay. And, uh, you know, you lie and then you meet. And it's probably a disappointment. (laughs) Ebony and I don't date very often. (laughs) If you can't tell, if you can't tell. Uh, I'm sure sometimes I know for a fact, sometimes it's not a disappointment. I mean, I do have friends that met on the apps and are now married. So it's not always a disappointment. 
I'm just like, I know more stories about it being a disappointment right. than not. That's what I'm saying. I mean, those are the stories that get told. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, instead of doing this on an app where you would swipe left or swipe right, you then would, you would see an ad, you would be intrigued, and then you would have to like either write in to the newspaper to find information about this person. And then it would be up to the newspaper, I believe, to like forward mm-hmm. information um, onto onto the person who requested it to meet with this person. Okay. So that's what a personal ad is. Okay. For the babies who listen, because we do have like middle schoolers. It's true. I was going to say, it's kind of like missed connections on Craigslist. And then I realized that was like 30 years ago too. (laughs) Although, so like missed connections is still a thing, not on Craigslist, but I forget I can't remember where it's migrated to, but it does live someplace else that's like more up to date. Okay. And I I only know this because I know like before the pandemic, there were still having like these Valentine's meetups that were like missed connections meetups. So like these people who would like put in for missed connections, they just like all come to this and like (laughs) it'd be like a mixer type situation. I remember reading about that and I thought, oh, well, that's so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um, so I, that's how, that's the only reason I know it lives somewhere. I don't yeah. remember where, but it, it lives somewhere still that um, people do it. So yeah, misconnections is, is, is funny too. <laughs> okay. So our writers are Marta Kaufman, David Crane, and Seth Friedman. Pamela, can you tell me where you've heard the names Marta Kaufman and David Crane before? No. And I was like, I don't think I remember their names, but Seth Friedman rings a bell. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. I don't know. What is it? Friends. <gasps> they wrote Friends? Yes. Wait, wait, how old is this musical? 80s, girl. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, this is fun. Okay. <laughs> All right, then let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) So Marta Kaufman, David Crane and Seth Friedman met while they were at Brandeis College. They came up with the idea for personals while in school because they saw personal ads as a satirical phenomenon. And I'm sure if you've ever read them, I'm sure you can like find some old ones online somewhere. That's not far from the truth, right? (laughs) According to the J Records article, This is a direct quote, even though that first show won the American College Theater Festival and was performed at the Kennedy Center, they continue to rework it, inserting with each subsequent draft their growing firsthand knowledge of being out there without a life mate. So they were at Brandeis College and got into um, the American College Theater Festival in 1980. And I have um, a snippet from that article, which was written by James Lardner, and it's out of the Washington Post. Um, And this article was posted April 30th of 1980. Personals is a review inspired by the personal classified columns of the Village People Voice, which is what it used to be called back then. We all know it just as like the Village Voice. Yep. Um, And so... I'm not going to read this quote directly from there because we do have middle schoolers who listen. (laughs) Um, But, you know, personal classified ads, we explained what those were. 
Even unaltered and unadorned, the ads make for extremely entertaining acting exercises. And Personals manages to be funny, penetrating, and even poignant for the better part of an act. But the show has a second act too, and promptly goes all to pieces. It gradually becomes clear that the authors have no real point of view toward their material beyond gratitude for its comic value. Which is interesting because according to the J Records article, like they won. Yeah. So that like this was James's um, feeling about about the show is really interesting to me. Yeah. Um, I wonder what they were up against. There, well, it there was like another show um, on there called The Divideer. And I read a little bit about it. Honestly, the brain can only keep the personal's information. <laughs> but okay. I what what I generally remember is he had a better feeling about that piece um, okay. than personals. And I will say that, like, as I went on to do more research about this off-Broadway production, I mean, this is sort of the same feeling mm-hmm. that other reviewers had. Like, okay. it didn't change, even though... Even with all the changes. Right. And it was, like, five years later that it ended up going to uh, off-Broadway. Okay. Interesting. So I have also a quote here from Marta. This is also from the jrecords.com uh, website. She said, that's how we wrote personals. We were desperately looking for subject matter and came across the personals and thought it was a funny idea for a song. Then we thought of it as a show, not just a song. David, David Crane adds, it was conceived as a review, but it has developed a through line and a number of book characters. And Seth chimes in, while keeping a review style all the way through, David confirms of the original per- personals at Brandeis, only one song is still in the show and about 75% of the sketch material is new. Wow. So they changed a lot in five yeah. years. Well, you That's... wouldn't be able to call it really the same show at that point. No, it's like it's like a different, an entirely different show. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, it's interesting because like I said, even though, you it know. Won. Yeah, even though it won and even though, you know, um, all those changes were made. The same sentiments from reviewers that James Lardner said mm-hmm. were repeated, even with the 75% difference. And five so, years later. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I suppose if your concept idea is still the same, right. even though you changed the actual material by 75%, you've still got the underlying story. You've still got that underlying, you know, I don't even know what, I don't even know what to say about it, but like, that's there, right. that idea, that central idea is still there. Right. Absolutely. <clears throat> so I'm just going to give like a list of what the, um, like a song list, because there's no, I, I was unable to find like an act by act, uh, synopsis. Okay. So just give me a second. Sure. All right. So This is from the Stephen Schwartz's website. This is his little synopsis. Personals is a topical review about dating and looking for love and the pre-internet days of personal ads. Among the writers were David Crane and Marta Kaufman, who went on to create the television show Friends. An interesting factoid is that Snapshots also features a song with music by Alan Menken, I'd Rather Dance Alone, although Stephen and Alan did not collaborate on songs for that show. So, yes. Alan Menken also wrote songs for personals. Amazing. 
So here's the song list. Um, song list is nothing to do with love. That was by Stephen Schwartz. After school special, Mama's Boys, A Night Alone, I Think You Should Know, Second Grade, Imagine My Surprise, I'd Rather Dance Alone, Moving In With Linda, which was also written by Stephen Schwartz, A Little Happiness, I Could Always Go To You, The Guy I Love, Michael, Picking Up The Pieces, Some Things Don't End last song which is also written by Stephen Schwartz is there any information on how they got to be collaborating with Stephen Schwartz I'm about to tell oh, you I'm so excited <laughs> and and also is this like where in Stephen Schwartz's chronology is this is this like after any of the shows that he's written or is this like at the beginning of his career too because I can't it was it was after, and okay. I'll I'll, t- I'll tell oh, you. Oh, Godspell was in the seventies, right? Right, right, right. Okay. So was uh, so was Pippin. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is this is after that, but I'll be able to give you um, for those of you who listen to our podcast and are up to date. Th- there's another show I'm going to reference, and you know, if you retain any information from that podcast about that show, you can sort of peg about where. Uh, in his career, this this was. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, personal pr- personals. Sorry, premiered off Broadway at the Minetta Lane Theater on November twenty fourth of nineteen eighty five. It was directed by Paul Lazarus, and the production featured Jason Alexander, Laura Dean, D. Hody, Jeff Keller, Nancy Opal, and Trey Wilson. Wow. The music was by William Dreskin. Joel Philip Friedman, Seth Friedman, Alan Menken, Stephen Schwartz, and Michael Skloff. I think Michael Skloff we've talked about as well before. Okay. I'm not able to pull immediately what show, but I'm like 90% sure his name has come up before. What is his last house? How is his last name spelled? S-K-L-O-F-F. Oh, yeah. Let me see if I can find it. In an article on stephenschwartz.com, this is in their archives, you are able to read uh, this on your own. Um, he was just asked a couple, que- a couple of questions about personals. Okay. And so Mr. Schwartz recounts how he became involved with personals. The director, Paul Lazarus, was a friend who had directed the first post-Broadway run of Working. Oh! Yes. Yes. So he called him and said they needed music for the opening of each act and the final number. He worked on the music and he and Seth Friedman worked on the lyrics together. He wrote music for the opening number, Nothing to Do with Love, the opening of the second act, Moving in with Linda, and the closing number, Some Things Don't End. Alan Menken wrote the music for the end of act one, so together they bookended the show. Personals closed at the Minetta Lane Theater on July 13th of 1986 and had 265 performances, which is not bad. Not no, bad at not all bad for an off-Broadway show. Yeah. All right. So that's that's all that really happened with it in New York theater. It just okay. was off-Broadway. Um, it didn't really go many places beyond that here, but... It did go to the West End. Oh. So I'm going to tell you a bit about the West End production. And just uh, filling in the blank on Michael Scloff. 
Mm-hmm. There's uh, the only other show that's listed on IBDB or Broadway World in this case is Harrigan and Hart hmm. back in 1985. But he was also the writer of the song I'll Be There For You for Friends. Oh, he helped okay. to write that. He yeah. With the other three. OK, so maybe that's why his name sounds familiar. Maybe. Yeah. All right, so there was an original London production, and this is from the thisistheater.com website. Uh, original London production, 1998. This was not West End. Uh, it previewed on the 1st of September of 1998, opened on the 3rd of September of 98, and closed on the 11th of October in 1998 at the New End Theater. It's no longer, that theater is no longer used. The cast there featured David Bardsley as Louis, Marcus Allen Cooper as Sam, Rhea Jones as Kim, Christina Fry as Louise, Martin Callaghan as Typesetter, and Summer Rognley as Claire. It was directed by um, Dion McHugh with choreography by Sam Spencer Lane, designs by Susie Calcutt, and lighting by Glenn Peregrine. Um, and so the West End production was 22 years ago, almost. It previewed on the 13th of June in the year 2000, opened on the 15th of June in the year 2000. And it didn't last long, friends, because it closed on the 29th of June in, of 2000. Okay. It was at the Apollo Theater, and that cast featured Cameron Blakely as Louis, as Lewis, sorry. Uh, Marcus Allen Cooper as Sam. Oh, I love this actress, Carmen Cusack as Kim. Okay. Christina Fry as Louise, Martin Call- Callahan as typesetter, and Vicki Simon as Claire. Uh, friends, if you don't know who Carmen Cusack is, she was in Bright Star, which is a really pretty musical, which was written by um, Steve Martin. Yes, yeah, Steve Martin and Edie Brickell. Mm hmm. Um, all right. Uh, Mark, Martin Callahan's London theater. Oh, I don't need, we don't need to read all of that. Uh, <laughs> I don't need all of that. Uh, but here's a review of the, actually, let me do the New York. I'm going to do part of the New York review first, and then I'll read you all part of the, uh, West end review. Okay. All right, so this New York Times review, like I said at the beginning of our episode, it was written by Frank Rich. It's from the November 25th, 1985 uh, review of the show. He said, it's not often that a musical announces its central failing before the curtain has even gone up, but such is the case with Personals, the new show at the Minetta Lane Theater. I mean, what an opening. Yeah. Wait, Person- way to be Frank. Like, don't, don't bother seeing this. You'll be bored before the curtain goes up. You'll I know. Dude. <laughs> I know. Personals is a determinately perky review about Lonely Hearts advertisements and its curtain, a blow up of newspapers, classified columns is meant to set the comic mood. As the show begins, the spotlight travels about the drop to reveal the supposedly wacky ads, such as single white grandmother seeks Heathcliff that will spur the evening's merriment. But the laughter quickly becomes strained. We immediately discover that personal ads, 
just aren't funny enough to sustain an entertainment for two minutes, let alone two hours, especially when their real life absurdity must be exaggerated even further to vary what is essentially a single one note joke. And again, like I said, I mean, Mm -hmm. that, that paragraph alone is very reminiscent of the 1980 review when they were in college, right? Yeah. Nonetheless, it's it's an idea, but it's not really sustainable. That's basically what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, there are some gifted people hard at work on and off stage in this misconceived show. The authors of the sketches and lyrics are David Crane, Seth Friedman, and Marta Kaufman, bright alumni of two of the uh, spiffier reviews of recent seasons. Because like I said, they wrote other things Mm -hmm. upstairs at O'Neill's and a uh, my name is Alice. Oh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Although the sketches are unfailingly mirth- mirthless, the lyrics are always proficient and occasionally witty. The half dozen performers are ingratiating, and in two cases, Laura Dean and Jason Alexander far superior to the material. <laughs> All right. If most of the review six composers tend to write undistinguished off rock. The two best known of the group, Stephen Schwartz, Pippin, Alan Mankin, Little Shop of Horrors, give their songs, including the opening and closing numbers of both acts, a pleasant showbiz lift, in which a young man moving in with, his, with a new lover discovers that his luggage contains unexpected psychological baggage. Old memories, as represented by former girlfriends, keep popping out of trunks and garment bags, which I, P.S., think is hilarious. As performed by <laughs> Jeff Keller <laughs> and the rest of the company, the number works as a comic sketch, as a wry character study, and with its harmonizing moving men as loose limb musical comedy fantasy. It is followed, <laughs> ha- however, by a song that is far more typical of personals, a dreary ballad in which a square middle-aged man played by Trey Wilson describes how he and his dowdy wife have, oh, this part mm. I didn't like. This was like when we got when when I got to this part of reading, I was like, oh, this was this would not we would not stand for this in this 21st century okay. 2022 world. Okay. Uh, he and his dowdy wife have found true happiness by placing an ad that has led to a permanent menage a trois with a little person. And he didn't like say little person. Oh dear. Yeah. So it sounds like there was like some jokes made at uh, the little person's expense. And therefore, Mm. like, I mean, Frank Rich really wasn't, he didn't, he didn't like that, which he shouldn't. No. Because that's Um, not funny. Even at the time where it was appropriate to laugh at that kind of stuff. It's not funny. It's not funny. And he goes on to talk about like how, how many jokes uh, there were about that, but other things that we also wouldn't stand for now Mm. in this 2022 world. But he also was like, this is just like not nice. And are, aren't we past this? Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> I, I, I can support disliking that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, one other thing he did liken it to, and I, and I was like, I, I wasn't surprised by this comparison because I would have probably compared it the same way. Mm. Um, he compared it to company. 
And he said, indeed, the opening lyric of Personals titled Nothing to Do with Love echoes two different songs from the 1970 show. Okay. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's basically it. Um, I do just want to say, like, choreography was by DJ... I might butcher this last name. DJ Giagni. Okay. Lighting was by <laughs> Richard Nelson. Sound by Odds Munderlo, music director and vocal arrangements, Mr. Sokoff. Orchestrations by Stephen Orich. And the production stage manager was Tom Aberger. Okay. So I'm yeah. trying to think if I would find that inform like if I would find that material funny now. And I don't think I would like, I'm sorry, I'm not meaning now, like in 2022, but like, if I would find it funny at the time that it was made, right? Mm -hmm. Because yeah, as, as wrongheaded as we all were yeah, there, we had permission to laugh at certain things back then that we absolutely do not have permission to laugh at now. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, I guess maybe, and maybe this is because of how I grew up and how other people made me feel about myself, Yeah. but I never thought it was funny making fun of the lowest common denominator. Like I never thought it was right. Like if they're already, fill in the blank margin, if they're already fat, if they're already slobby, if they're already, you know, whatever, then why would we bring them down a peg again by making fun of something that really has nothing to do with anything they've done for themselves? It's just how they are, right? Especially in the case of a little person, they were born that way. And, and I remember very, uh, I remember the movie Willow, very fondly. I loved that movie so much. And the lead character in Willow is a little person, right? And it yeah. the whole cast or a good portion of the cast is little people. And I just remember watching it and feeling it was so magical. And these people were so like kind and brave and I, you never really even put together, I think, cause it was a kid it was in the eighties. So I was a kid at the mm-hmm. time. Like it's, mm-hmm. you never really put together that they were any different. They were just shorter, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. how I felt at the time. And so the idea of making fun of Willow, like if, if they turned Willow into some sort of a comedy at the expense of this lead character, I would have hated that. It would have made me yeah. so sad and maybe even angry. Cause like, he in this particular movie is the only one that cares about this baby and he's doing everything in his power to get her where she needs to go right like it's a, it's a science it's or not science fiction but it's a fantasy movie anyway it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> go yeah. watch willow it's a really good movie but even in my my young brain at the time i hated the idea of just making fun of whoever yeah. and as i grew up that never changed i mean the the 90s was rife with movies about making fun of fat people about making fun of disabled people about turning yourself into something that looks like someone else i.e blackface to make yeah. fun of that person or even that entire race of people yeah. right so we know that this happens. It's now it is completely unacceptable. And hopefully we are coming to terms with that as a, as a globe. And, and I'm like, just... poor Frank, he thought we were past that in 85 and we weren't, right? bless him. Bless him. <laughs> but it's like, you know, 
it doesn't have to be that way. And so I'm, I'm thinking too, like, as you were reading this review, I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess like, how would you tell a story about the personals and also make it funny and satirical without being at the expense of whoever it is that's right? Because there is a certain level of desperation when you're writing a personal ad, right? But the, it not, I but, guess not desperation, but a vulnerability. Totally. But it's, it's interesting because like, you know, in this new, this new world of, of app dating. Yeah. I have, I have been endlessly fascinated by just the true stories that people have yeah. about their experiences Totally, and laughing hilarious, like yes. just hysterically. So it's like, what? And, the, and they're all true. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just people recounting the yeah. nonsense they end up going through. And so it's, and it's not at the expense of somebody like the way that like something, a person mm-hmm. can't change about themselves. Yeah. It's like people. It's how they acted. Be, yes. <laughs> it's what they said. It's yeah, how what they, they did upon other people. Yes. That's right. And those things I'm like, I'll laugh at that because you shouldn't have done it. Yeah. You shouldn't have I done will. it. Why do you think that was acceptable? <laughs> You shouldn't have thought that was acceptable. Do you yes. know what I'm saying? I will laugh at the audacity and the misogyny yeah. all day long because yeah. how dare you? That's right? right. Absolutely. What you put out there is is free fodder. But the idea of like taking this dowdy couple and, yeah. and that like that in itself is like, okay, why'd they have to be old and dowdy? Yeah. You've never heard of like a, a regular, just regular folks wanting to add the spice into their relationship. Yeah. Like, you know, this, well, these- and it's interesting because remember that when they're in that musical called, oh, it's not called Swingers. It's called, it, but it's about swingers. I swear we talked about it or maybe it's, it's on the list. Swingers? <laughs> yes. There's a musical. And it, I think the poster's just a bunch of people's like feet sticking out of a bed. But like, yeah, so it's just interesting to me because I think that show happened a little bit before personals. Okay. Um, and so I feel that there's there's enough comedy in that just being three people trying to figure mm-hmm. like you don't, why did you need to then add this making fun of somebody who right, you know, yeah. Um, and I guess that's, that's kind of what it is. Like if your joke, if your joke is funny enough, it will land regardless of who is telling it. But the fact that you are making sure that it's funny because of the person that's on stage so that the audience cannot just laugh at your funny joke, but they can also laugh at whatever this person looks like. That's lazy. It is. It is. That's totally lazy. Yeah, I agree. It is. It is. I, I. Mm. So I, with that, cause I didn't, you know, I, like I said, I was not able to find, um, an act by act synopsis, uh, okay. but that I was like, Hmm. Okay. I see a show called, I love my wife. Is that the musical? Hi. Yes. That's yes. I yes. love my wife pokes fun at swinging seventies. Um, yeah. I mean the picture that I'm yeah. looking at is for, Four adult people in bed, two women, two males. Yep. And uh, Jason Alexander and Leah Thompson are two of yep. them. Yep. That's the show. That's the okay. show. I was like, I knew there was another one. What year was that, though? Maybe that was after. Hmm. Let me find out. Uh, while you're looking for that, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and um, I'm going to read part of 77. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. it was even before. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. 
I thought it was younger than personals. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to read a little bit of the, um, I'm going to read a couple of the um, 2000 London reviews. Okay. And it's interesting because they're a bit, they're different. And they didn't change any material for the newest production? Um, that do you know? I, I, I don't know for sure, yeah. but I, mean, I, I guess don't they would think so. They're because... either doing it in a period, like a period piece, or they have to change up some things because certainly from the eighties to the two thousands is a completely different, um, way of, of finding love. Right. Right. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I, 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 I mean, it didn't last long. Remember? Yeah. So so maybe it was just the original source material. Right, because at this point, 2000, I mean, Marta and David, uh, they had they had done this show, the HBO show Dead On, something okay. like that. Dream On. Dream, Dream on. on. Oh, I remember that. And then Friends, you know, okay. they were, I mean, 2000, they were like, you know, neck yeah. deep in Friends. Oh yeah. You know. They're, they're done with that show. <laughs> right. They're like up to their eyeballs. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I didn't see anything that they had returned to it. Okay. Um, I did read on like how they moved from theater to television, which was interesting and seemed like a relatively easy journey, except mm-hmm. for that. Like David did say there that even though they like moved to LA and like, um, pitching their ideas and them getting off the ground seemed relatively easy. There was still like a lot of lean years in there before anything really hit and they were able to be okay financially. Yeah. So um, this review from the 2000 West End uh, London production of uh, Personals is from the Sunday Telegraph. Although the show itself is American in origin, a majority of the six strong cast are British. Not that you would notice, all six blend together easily. All six are personable and amusing. And between them, they serve up a very agreeable souffle with the occasional astringent squeeze of lemon. (laughs) There's even one genuinely moving song sung by a wife who misses her ex-husband. But laughter is what the evening primarily sets out to achieve. Let's make love like we've never made love before, says a woman to a man she has just met in a bar. That shouldn't be too difficult, murmurs the man as he goes off to his doom. <laughs> oh, British people, I do love you. <laughs> I do too. Oh, um, and so this one is from the Sunday Times. This nimble, warm-hearted, user-friendly show, user-friendly is so... So computer age. Okay. That's all I want to say. (laughs) Yeah. User-friendly show is not so much a musical as a review. Okay. But that's in the synopsis. So Uh, (laughs) a highly civilized art form whose arsenal includes wit, irony, satirical edge, and a mature attitude toward love and sex. It is built around six people who need to advertise for mates This is very much a show for and about urban American 30-somethings. The tone is sharp, ironic, bubbly, self-deprecating, winsome, and flirtatious. 
The, fris the frisian comes from observing the many sophisticated ways of describing how naive you are and from the endearing idea that six highly personable, sexy, sassy people would have difficulty finding suitable people to sleep with more than once. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. Uh, so I, it's interesting because... Because I'm guessing like this particular cast was pretty beautiful. Mm -hmm. But if you there's I found this very interesting. There is a commercial from the off-Broadway personals. Okay. It's like there were not that many commercials of no. off-Broadway shows. It was more Broadway shows that you would have mm -hmm. a commercial for. Yeah. And it's it's funny and it features um Jason Alexander and I think Nancy. And uh no, Laura would have been Laura Dean. And, um, you know, it's just like short and quirky. And, but what's interesting is like, as soon as that, as soon as that trailer opens, it describes it, the, the announcer describes how they have described themselves in the classified in the personal ad. And <laughs> okay. then you see them and you're like, well, that doesn't match up at all. <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's an excellent way, like in, you know, yeah. to, to introduce it. It's like, they are saying this is what they look like. But when you look at them, you're like, no, no friend. That's yeah. not, that's incorrect. Yeah. Um, and again, that's not changed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even though like apps have, apps have photos. Mm -hmm. No, there's catfishing is very real. Listen, yeah. just the, just the standard, uh, you don't even have to push a button. It is just a filter that is on your face from the yes. start on TikTok makes you look like a completely different person yeah on instagram and you have to too. actively turn it off <laughs> yeah yep it's wild it's yeah. wild instagram is the same way you i mean you just and there's a show i don't like much reality tv but i do like the show catfish yeah i do on too MTV. i do too and but I only think, i think i like it because they call them to the carpet about it right well that's it i think it's got this like you know, not true crime, but like conning. <laughs> yeah. It's that conning piece yes. that I find so fascinating. And that people will talk to somebody for eight years. Yeah. And not do the most basic research, which is yeah. literally to like Google image search. Yeah. I'm like, that's all Neve is doing. Yeah, basically. And I'm the like, you is, didn't even do that. Yeah, I think, well, it depends on how old you are. I wouldn't have known about Google Image without watching I, Catfish. Well, I know, but like <laughs> these people are so young. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like they're true. all younger than us. I think, you know, when you're looking or for someone them, to spend your time with, you have a kind of hope that I think eclipses your common sense. I think that you're living in this place where you so desperately want it to be real mm -hmm. that you overlook all of the red flags. I mean, this is true of people that meet in real life. Yeah. There are women and men out there that see red flags left and right and say, nope, I didn't see that. Nope. He didn't mean that. Nope. Yeah. She didn't say that. And you're like, but you, the proof was right there. Yeah. How did you not know that this was going to be the case? Well, because there's still a hope there. You know, you want to find the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And in this day and age, even, even with social media, and I think even, I think because of social media, it yeah. has become so much more difficult to make true connections with people. 
you know, cause like you don't get a first impression in person. Like I think to a certain extent, elder millennials and Gen Xers have this kind of innate ability to meet someone and know kind of whether like you get a feeling there's a gut yeah. feeling whether this person is someone that's for you or not yeah like even in friendships you're like mm, I'm gonna keep you on the back burner yeah we can be acquaintances but I don't know that this is a friendship because I don't know if I trust you yet yeah yeah like and there's that gut feeling and because of social media I think we've become so far removed from our own insights, but also just those actual physical connections with people, those being in the same room and looking at the, their actual face and seeing those micro expressions, we've lost the ability to kind of read them. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of sad. I mean, that's very sad. Yeah. But because we are missing that connection, I think it makes it even more important that they find those connections. Yeah. So I think they are willing to make the, you know, well, I'm going to ignore that red flag. I'm, I'm just going to, no, he didn't. That's not what he meant. <laughs> how many times have we said that about text messages that you hear? Like, wait, how am I supposed to read this? I'm sure he meant it a different way. I'm sure she didn't actually mean to, do you know, like, cause you lose, you don't have the inflection of the voice. I say this to right, my friend right. Juliet all the time because she and I know each other. We've known each right. other for a very long time, 16 right. years at this point. So I know how she speaks. And so if she sends me a text that I find questionable, I have to take a step back and say, I know her right. and I don't think she means how I'm reading this text. Right. But not everybody has that 16 year relationship to fall mm -hmm. back on. Mm -hmm. You're mm -hmm. just reading text messages from some rando on hinge. Right. And you know, you don't know. And sometimes people are very good at writing and creating a person that they aren't actually. And so you fall in love with that person and then you meet, but it's not the same person that you've been chatting with, but you've also invested so much time and energy and he made you feel a certain way or she made you feel a certain way while you were talking online. So it has to be the same person. Like there's so, there's all, all ways to kind of loophole yourself around <laughs> to make I, it what, work. Cause what, what I have found now we're going down like a love con sort of rabbit hole. <laughs> right. But it's interesting because like, statistically mm -hmm. the 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 you know the con artists like tinder swindler aside like if mm. you're talking about um there's a podcast called who the hell is mordecai um which i listened to and then there's another one oh goodness about oh this one was heartbreaking because it was this woman who had been talking to this man for like 10 years yeah and found him through someone she knew. Okay. And then later on, you find out. That they didn't actually know each other? It, it's even worse. I can't oh, even. I man. Can't, it's even worse. What's the name of that one? I will text it to you because okay. I, I've just <laughs> lost it. It's really good. Okay. It's real, I mean, it's like a nail biter. I need a good one because I've got a beach vacation coming up. So oh, it's girl. a long drive. I, I have a whole life. list. Of you, if you want con podcasts, yeah. I got you. Don't worry. Awesome. awesome. I mean, your whole trip will be covered. Don't worry. <laughs> awesome. Um, but, but, you know, in a lot, in, in, in the case of who the heck is uh, Mordecai and there's, um, 
another one that's about like women who, I mean, these, these ones are so horrible because it's like these women fall in love with these men overseas, right? They go over there. And this particular one is so terrible because I didn't know this was happening, but there's like a string that's happening where women are going to prison in these other countries because these men have gotten them to smuggle certain things, like try to smuggle things through airport security. And there's one woman who, I mean, she's like doing life uh, in prison right now. And her sons are trying to get her out because she had no idea. But these are these, these con artists, like these very specific con artists where like, it's like overseas and stuff and they Mm -hmm. totally catfish. And in some cases they should use their face and tell their real age, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's really that person. But in a lot of cases they've used a totally different picture and they've lied to these women. And these women are, you know, they're middle-aged. Maybe sometimes they've had like a real heartbreak Mm -hmm. and are, are find themselves, um, single much later in life when they like, didn't believe, didn't think that that would happen. Yeah. Um, and, and those tend to be in that category, like a very high percentage tend to be of that, um, ilk. And so it's so heartbreaking to me because I'm like, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I thought we would be the ones who could tell right away, but it's also to your point that like, when you just want something so badly, you mm-hmm. are totally fine. Like you just explain it away, explain it away, yeah. explain it away, explain it away, <clears throat> you know? And then, mm-hmm. you know, some, some, in some cases you really haven't lost anything and you can just like be done. Yeah. Or you're like, in you're out cases, of money. You took right. the trip. It wasn't what you expected. It was, right. You know. you know, but in, in some cases people, are in prison for life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like such oh big gosh, extremes. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, be careful, <laughs> be careful friends, you know, keep the spidey sense on. I don't yeah. know. Like you just have to be, I just don't explain I mean, stuff away. Right. I think there's, there's whenever I get a strange email, yeah. Like, for instance, I'll get an email from Amazon that says your package. We tried to deliver your package, but we weren't able to get through. And I was like, well, that's odd because normally Amazon will just leave the package. Right. Yeah. So I go up to the email address and I click on it where it says Amazon.com and it right. comes up with an email address that has nothing to do with Amazon. Right. Sure that's my yeah. very easy way of checking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I've done that and I that's still am fishing. like, right, H-I-S-H-I-N-G. Yeah. If there's still some question about the validity of it, I'm just going to ignore it because if it's valid, they'll find a way to get in touch with me. Right. Right. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it's not like I'm, if I get an IRS email, I'm just going to trash that right away because the IRS does not email people. No, they don't. They very rarely call them. They will send you a very official looking letter. That's right. And it will be coming from the IRS address with the IRS seal. And it will be something inside that says you owe us this amount of money. It's never good news. right? (laughs) I mean, my one letter this year was fine. It was just like, because you, you know, everybody, when, when we all got our stimuluses, yeah, you, no, I you did have get that to letter say too. that you yeah. got it. Yeah. Letter six, seven, four, five, I believe is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's, but it is like, um, they're very tricky and they will take a scam that kind of works and they'll make it even better. And then it's even harder to tell that it's a scam. I remember when I was, I was trying to sell my car. I was still living in Chicago at this time. So this would have been like 2004, 2003, 2004 was trying to sell a car. Someone contacted me. I think this was on Craigslist. Someone contacted me, said, I'm interested in your car. I tried to buy another car. So I have um, a certified check for the amount of this, but my car was cheaper. So he was like, can I send you this check and have you Western Union me the, the amount that's above? And because I'm honest, I was like, sure, I can do that. No big deal. Well, I take this check to Western Union and I say, this is what I need to send. And here's what I'm sending it. And the woman, I love this woman. I could have kissed her. She goes, do you know who you're sending this to? And I was like, oh no, he's buying my car. This is what the situation is. He goes, she goes, honey, this is a scam. Yeah. And I said, well, I don't understand how it could be a scam. He sent me the certified check. Like I've got the money. He's like, she's like, have you tried to put that money in your bank account? That's what I would have done first. Put that in my bank account first. I know, but I, I didn't, but thank God for this woman, because then it was like, Oh, I didn't even realize you could scam a certified check like that. I thought if you had a certified check, that was basically cash. Right. Right. I still don't know how they do it. Like, I still don't know how they how are they able to scam that system that way? But it, it happens. And so then they'll take their experience from that and they'll make it even better. Yeah. And they'll make it even better after that. And now with the use of social media and really being able to completely anonymize yourself, there you go. You've got yeah. the perfect opportunity and means to scam people over. It's, it's, it's wild. It's awful. Yeah, it really People is. are horrible. They, they are. are really and I'm like, with all people. that energy, why don't you do something with your life? Right. Like do something that you love, not just something to get money. I would tell that to a person working a real job too. Like if you're not happy doing what you're doing and it's just to get money, then stop and do what you love and make money that way. I. But what I've learned is like, I mean, this is a special type of a person, but mm-hmm. a certain type of like, personality disorder that just doesn't narcissistic they're you know they probably maybe even were raised with the kind of entitlement attitude like their parents just thought they they could do no wrong yeah and so they grow up and they're like well I can do whatever I want my mommy told me I could so this is what I'm gonna do (laughs) my mommy told me I could (laughs) yeah so, yeah, I mean, again, if you didn't, if you couldn't tell, we're not on any apps. <laughs> no. Because uh, I, I would, mu- I think both of us are in the same camp when we say we would much prefer to stay single than to go through all of that circus. It's too much. I love to read about it and totally. like listen to it. It's, it's wild. Yeah. I can't even say it's hilarious. It's just wild. It's wild. Uh, yeah. I'm just like, I, I'm TikTok. My algorithm on TikTok has me in various di- directions, and so yeah. a lot, a lot of those that come through on my TikTok feed are stories of women who have met up with guys for their first dates and how the first date just went horribly wrong. Now, none of them are devastating. Like yeah. none of them, none of them have been injured. None of them have been sef- sex trafficked. None of them have been stolen from, which is definitely a real fear. Yeah, but. 
it's still like, that's just like, if you're talking about the tip of the iceberg of the things that could go wrong in the dating world, you know, the tip of the iceberg is the funny part. <laughs> Everything else is kind of like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, bless. Well, as far as I know, nothing too dark happened in, in personals. It was pretty light. And there was, I, I mean, you can pretty much tell between um, Jason Alexander and um, Laura Dean. Mm-hmm. That was probably a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, there's a lot of like regional productions. There's a lot of like theater productions. I've found like clips of um, people performing different songs from it and interesting a bunch of a bunch of ads and stuff um yeah on youtube so it's it's still getting done i i have never as i i no. mean as i've told you all i've never seen it nope um i had heard of it i feel like when we first started doing this this podcast I do recall you telling me like there's that musical that the people that wrote friends wrote yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you know, and they, it's, it's when you, if you read other, you know, interviews with them, like when they graduated from Brandeis, like they thought they were going to be make, writing musical theater. Like that mm-hmm. was the dream Yeah, was musical theater, you know, and now they've done friends and like Marta, uh, developed Gracie and, uh, Fr- Grace and Frankie, yeah. um, and stuff. So they're like, you know, fully in TV, but, um, yeah, it's just so fascinating how they started there and they thought that was going to be their whole career. They thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it does make sense, though. I think their idea of personals is based on little snippets. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard to make a musical based on a little snippet, but it's yeah. really easy to make an episodic like a sitcom about little snippets of ideas. Right. Right. So, I mean, I'm glad they found where they belonged. Because yeah. certainly we we love Friends and we and Grace and Frankie I've not watched yet but I've heard really great things about so certainly they've got the talent but it just wasn't within the genre of musical theater right yeah I told I I agree I haven't seen Grace and Frankie yet either but do I'm a fan of Friends and um, <laughs> I I there oh lastly everyone there is a London cast recording okay um it's I found it on. Apple Music, which I do not subscribe to because I don't have a Apple phone. Okay. So I was unable to listen to it. For, for, for those of you who do have Apple Music and you have a subscription, you can listen to the Personals um, 1998 cast nice. recording Very of, nice. of that show. Um, and then for the rest of us who don't have that, they're like the other songs are on different compilations. Like I think Stephen Schwartz has his songs on one of his compilation albums. And um, I think Alan Menken might as well. So Probably. yeah, nice. Yeah. So that's it. So that's per- that's the story of personals. Um, if you've ever been in a production, I'd love for you to add us and like send us a picture and tell us what your, you know, if you had fun doing it, you know, um, if it's, if it has been updated, you know, <laughs> right. to, to fit the app age. Mm-hmm. that would be interesting so yeah. yeah so let us know you know how to find us it's going to be at the end of this episode like it always is <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening everybody thank you bye Bye. thank you for listening to our podcast theater geeks anonymous 
You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TGABWAY and on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. And if you want to tell us how much you love us or you have a great story about one of the shows we've talked about, drop us a note at TGABWAY at gmail.com. You can also support us by going to patreon.com forward slash TGABWAY. Until Until next time, time, geeks. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.